I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today is a very special episode. It's one of our Reunion 2020 episodes where I bring on guests that I've had on in the past that I just couldn't get enough of them, so I'm bringing them back. Uh, so today I have on the show Lee Eisenstedt, who's founder over at Leading with Courage Academy. Uh, Lee, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Adam. It was great hearing from you, and I'm glad to be a guest again. Fantastic. So I want to. So our, our major topic today is going to be uh, ESOP, so employer-run, um, sponsored um, retirement plans. But and I want to get into that. But before we do, I don't. I don't want to assume that the audience uh, heard the first episode. So let's just start out with uh, what you're doing as founder over at Leading with Courage Academy. Yeah, the Leading with Courage Academy offers succession planning workshops and assessments, leadership workshops and assessments that help leaders and managers become more effective in their roles. Uh, what we've been doing, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but what really changed in September, and I don't mean to get ahead of myself, is we got focused on these employee stock ownership plans, ESOPs, and that's become the primary driver of our business now. Man, that's awesome, and uh, I and I think that's a really a great transition. So let's just uh, dive right in. So um, just for for the audience that maybe don't know what an ESOP is, um, let's start with a little primer. Tell us a little bit more about it, please. Sure, an ESOP really is a transition tool, uh, exit planning for an owner, if you will. So there's all you know the traditional ways, but you know buyout by a third party, management buyout you know, acquisition by a, a strategic buyer, whatever. There's this other one, and it's been around for about 30 years, called an employee stock ownership plan. And it's a trust that owns, hundred, let's say, 100% of the stock of a company, and they become the owners of the company, and all the employees get a beneficial interest in the trust, and so they become owners, which aligns the vision of the company, the motivations of the company, the goals with the employees and the management. And right now there's about just shy of 7,000 ESOPs out there and they're expecting a lot more to be created largely because there's so many business transferring from boomers to the next generation. They're expecting over 200,000 businesses a year for the next 10 years to go through a transition. Some number of them will be ESOPs because there are such great tax advantages, great culture advantages. Uh, it's a terrific benefit for the employees uh, that doesn't cost them anything. And so what you find with the ESOPs is that the employees will tend to stay longer, they're more productive, there's better communication. It's kind of like, you know, almost too good to be true. And uh, it's just a, yeah. a shame that they aren't better known. 
Yeah, I think, and, and I followed ESOPs for a long time, and I mean, I, I even when I uh, first started in my career, I've been, been out of finance for a while, but I remember when um, I was first introduced to them, the ESO, a lot of it was technology-based. It was just a really a cost and efficiency thing, so FinTech and the, and the technology wasn't around to manage the plants. So it was very um, time and labor intensive for the record keepers and for everyone else, so once upon a time, the only companies that were even offered ESOPs, you had to have like a 1,000 employees. If you didn't have a thousand employees, then nobody would touch it. Even if you wanted one, you just it was just cost prohibitive. But now with with technology changing, other things, a lot of the rules, a lot of the tax advantages have always been there. It just hasn't been available to the small business owner. Um, so now exactly. um, with things changing, um, I'm excited because there's a lot of benefits there for people. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, uh, in your experience, what are the right types of businesses that maybe, and obviously this is going to vary, so for everybody listening, you do want to consult your own um, tax advisor and or um, connect with Lee after, because so, he is an advisor in the space, um, to get more information. But generally speaking, what kind of businesses are typically um, the right types that could be a good fit for an ESOP? It would be privately, I would say privately held S or C corps that are profitable, that have anywhere, let's say north of 40 employees now, and maybe $5 million of revenue. And again, it's a sustainable kind of revenue. Uh, no 1099 employees because they can't be owners, uh, beneficial owners of the ESOP. So you need to have employees, but that's really about it. There isn't anything that really prevents anyone from doing this. It's more just a lack of awareness to consider it as an option when you're looking to transition the business from, let's say, the current generation to the next. And Talk it's about, a lack um, of a, yeah. And, and one one area that I see there's a, this really interesting niche when you talk about succession and succession business planning are for closely held um, companies, also where there's you know a lot of um, a lot of family members or um, or it could, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be but it, it typically is um, like either the the kids um, or something along those lines that are that are the next in line for this and and this being a great way to potentially transfer over time um, you know ownership. Can you talk a little bit more about how ESOPs work in that whole um, closely held family planning um, environment, if you will? Yeah, I mean, with a closely held family business, uh, ESOPs do a great job at doing several things. One, they can preserve the legacy of the family. They can, you know, the company is probably not going to be moved when you sell it to the ESOP, unlike, let's say, selling it to a third party or a private equity mm -hmm. group uh, that could move it. Uh, and the well, those are the two of the really big ones. The yeah, legacy the big one, legacy. Legacy is <clears throat> a big boy. It's basically saying that you can still and 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 you still get the tax benefit. You get all the other things while you're still oh. there, um, but you're you're not you're ultimately um, maintaining that legacy, assuming that you and your heirs are on the same page of keeping the business going, right, and not and not selling. Right, right. The other you talk about the tax benefits. If you're, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're an ESOP, and you sell 100% of your shares to the ESOP, you may not, you probably won't be paying any federal taxes or state taxes. The state taxes part varies state to state, but you wouldn't be paying any federal taxes as the company. 
all that burden gets deferred to the employees when they sell. Uh, the only real negative of these is that you have to you have a deferred liability. You have to redeem the shares when employees retire, leave the company. And that, if you're not careful, then that's why you need to be a certain size so that you can generate enough cash flow to handle the repurchase obligations that you're going to be facing uh, as employees turn over. They cannot take the shares with them. They can only own them while they're an employee of the company. Uh, the other nice thing, and I, and I should have mentioned it, is the other advantage for family-owned companies is you maintain control or can maintain control of the organization, of the company. Uh, you can still be working there. You could still be the chairman of it, and but the ESOP actually owns all the shares. So there's a lot, a lot of reasons why people ought to be looking at these. You may, it may not be the right fit for you, as you said, Adam, but you need to work with your advisors to at least have that option on the table. They are... Uh, really just a, a terrific alternative to what we think of as more traditional exit planning and transition planning. Yeah, that's great stuff. Um, so, Lee, if somebody is listening to this and they do want to connect with you and they want to learn more about ESOPs and what's going on in that environment um, because maybe they're a business owner or maybe they want to propose this to a business and they're in, in a, on an executive team and they want to propose this to the uh, to the owners, um, what, what's the best way for them to reach out and get more info? Well, there's several. One, you could reach out to me and I can send you a variety of things and you can reach me at Lee at lwcacademy.com, or you can call me at 312-827-2643, or you could go to the National Center for Employee Ownership, nceo.org, and that's one of the largest uh, organizations of ESOPs, and they have a ton of information uh, that will help you, as does something called the ESOP Association, and there you'll find all kinds of free information on just about any subject you can think of related to ESOPs uh, from, you know, how is it different to be, you know, what is the role of the board of directors? How do you handle repurchase obligations? Uh, is, there's even, I think, on some of them, a quiz on are you a good fit for an ESOP? And we've got a lot of that that I could share with people, but they can go right to these associations as well. Fantastic. Well, Haley, really appreciate you uh, coming back on the show and catching up with you and to see what you're up, uh, up to helping uh, small business owners and business middle market um, companies with their ESOPs and getting those set up. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. That means a lot to me and my team. Um, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, Lee, uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Adam. Always great talking to you.